Hello and welcome to another episode of Scripted with me, Daisy Lewis. And in today's episode, we have the incredible wunderkind Anya Reese. Anya started in theatre, first play at 19, and now, prior to her 30th birthday, has her own epic television show, uh, which is due to come out very, very soon, based on the young Elizabeth. Enjoy! Hello, and welcome to another episode, yes, another, of Scripted with me, Daisy Lewis. And sitting on a very creaky stool in my kitchen <laughs> with a tiny dog, which may or may noises throughout the interview, is Anya Reese. Hello. Hi, Hi. Anya Reese. We were just talking before I pressed record about how writers hate doing podcasts. <laughs> I'm dreading this. <laughs> and writers hate doing podcasts because it's not what they're good at. They're good at writing, which you are. Yeah, well, I'm here for practice because I want to get good at talking about work yeah. and I think it's one I, I do think it's like a muscle isn't it it's it just is. training yourself to be able to I remember really dumbing myself down in school and then the first time I was in rehearsal room thinking now you can talk clever at last and then yeah. going I don't know how to say it I don't know how to say it I don't know how to get it from my brain out of my mouth I think that's a woman thing too maybe yeah I think that's a big thing it's also like the beginning of anything like any kind of conversation that you have like your brain suddenly goes into overdrive you don't have that gap there you go. There she goes. Like the thing about writing is that you know, no, it doesn't chat back. Well, you do talk about it in rehearsal rooms and stuff like that. But I think I'm bad at. I'm good at saying my first well, not even that. But I'm good at kind of going like, this is what I want it to be, and then when everyone tries to dig into it, I get very like, no, I know what it is. I know what it is, and yeah. trying to control it. And I think feeling more relaxed in knowing what you're doing, yeah, kind of thing. And I think talking, the more you talk about it, the more you feel relaxed about the question isn't going to throw you. Well, all of my questions will throw you. They're designed. Right. This is a test. This is, okay. Okay. this is a hot. This is designed. Can, as I, get, can I get a grade at the end? You will. Okay. You will be graded. It's a bit like Squid Games. This podcast. So basically, if you don't, you're the only person in the world who hasn't watched it. I did try and watch it, um, but then I fell asleep. But that's probably more to do with me. That means it's magic for you. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it might be the best. Stop it, stop it. Stop talking about me on my own podcast. I created this so nobody asks me questions. First question. Okay, and you've only got like two seconds, literally, to answer this. Favourite medium, script or play? Uh, What, to write? Yeah. Play. Play? Yeah, because I think there's more feeling of you kind of toss that out there. Yeah. There's less kind of TV. Well, well, the biggest thing I learned from when I started writing TV was that I kind of had to unlearn everything you learn to do a play. It's like you are on control. You should say what it feels like. You should say what you're hearing. You should say what you're seeing. You should say how the person says it. And I think I like now the reverse of that thing. So like, well, I think this is what it is, but it could look like anything. It could feel like anything. Maybe that kind of, like, they're more malleable and that's kind of fun. Slightly more like raised eyebrow kind of like, Oh, I'm not giving you air for a second. Yeah. <laughs> and I think also, I suppose, because I've learned now from doing, I did The Seagull in 2012. Yeah. And then I've just been doing it with Jeremy Lloyd. And suddenly going, this can be a totally different I'm going to move you away from this sideboard. Yeah, because <laughs> you can gesticulate, but you're not allowed to bang things. <laughs> there are pots and pounds over there that you're allowed to throw off at the end. But I just mean, I mean, I have changed the script a bit, but it's suddenly a very different play. And I don't, and I think that's just, it's nice 
feeling like you've made something that can be pulled in lots of different directions. Okay, so I'm going to slow you down. This is The Seagull, which is your new adaptation. Yeah, well, it's an old adaptation. So it's an adaptation I did in 2012. Right, which is now about to go on finally. Yeah, we'll go back. We had five nights. Definitely, of course. Yeah, we had five nights in close just before Preston. Starring? Amelia Clark. Nobody knows who that is. Who is Amelia Clark, Anne Marie? Very good. Who is she though? Was she the star of Game of Thrones? That's great. So it's your adaptation that you did in 2012. Yeah. Well, I got David because I kind of I wrote that when I was 20. From the Chekhov. Yeah. Right. So I did that when I was 21, and then I read it. Then Jamie had read it. Jamie's Jamie Joy. He came and said, "Can I do that? Do that version?" And I went, "Yeah, you can do anything you want, you Jamie." And then I read back the script and I kind of cringed a little bit because there's a, I'm a better writer than I was then. So I've done a little bit of work on it. But it is Why do you think you're a better writer now than then? I th- oh, no, I'm just more confident in it. I think also I used, I stuck very close to the chapel. Okay. Before, and it's still very, very close. But I think that I now feel the confidence to be a bit more... It's interesting, that was my first adaptation I've done. Yeah. I did, I've done two other chapels, The Spring Awakening. I've done a whole load of other ones now. Um, and I think I kind of have, I now have the freedom going like, well, it's not very, not very good with that. It doesn't work. Today. Yeah. Because I'm modernising it. So it, yeah. it feels like I've just felt a bit more freedom to change it into something that I'm, because the whole point of making it modern was to make what I think is a really good play, be the play that I want to see. So this is an interesting thing about adaptations, mm-hmm. because like we live obviously in the age of IP and for like. I mean, most of our extremely clever listeners will know that that means intellectual intellectual property. property. Pre-existing stories, right? Pre-existing stories. And then a writer comes along and takes the bones. Tell me if I'm wrong. No, I think now I feel more like you take the bones of it. When I first ever did it, I was very like, I read one line and I go like, how do I say that? Okay. And I think I felt a bit more freedom to move things around a little bit. Go like, I think this is the idea he was trying to get at. Yeah. Sounds stupid that this was the idea he was trying. Well, it's a collaboration. Basically, yeah, it's, it's a collaboration. Like yeah. yeah. But I haven't changed it hugely, but I think, I mean, if I started all over again, I'm now when I adapt stuff, I'm much freer. Um, and that's so how many of your projects have been completely original ideas that you have I'm come up with? Yeah. Not many. If that's interesting. <laughs> that's really interesting. Yeah, I've got very, I, like, adaptations, well, adaptations are such an easier sell. Yeah. Like, so producers would come to you, for yeah. example. Yes, I think it's always been that way around for an adaptation because it's, it's a way of a theatre doing new writing whilst being able to sell the ticket. Gotcha. And what about with TV? Is it easier to write an original one or do they like, do the projects that you've worked on, like, your big, big, like, you've had a show, Green Lit, which for a young writer, and I, don't mean that like patronizingly. I still classify I'm, myself I'm, as young, I'm, I'm, despite the fact that I'm I found a grey cube only yesterday. <laughs> still young. In titles. If you can you give each podcast the title and this episode is called That Grey Cube Only Yesterday. No, but it's true, but I still will be clinging on. I think this is the great thing about being a writer. You can still be a young writer yeah. in your like 80s. Oh, no, I found that's what I hate because I started so young. Yeah. And I've literally watched myself, I'm 30 at the end of this month. And I've watched myself age just by people's reactions when I'm in the room. Because I've always, you in meeting like a development person and someone, their boss sticks their head in and the development person always goes like, she's so young, so your age. And when I say 19, they go, wow. And then it became like, <laughs> so 20, gross. But then it became like 24 and they went, cool. And then it became 28 and they were like, 
And then just like, now it's going to be the really young writer, 30. And it's going to, like, the worst thing is I can see them feel old when I say it. You were young, but that's 10 years ago. (laughs) I think that the idea, I mean, the age thing is an interesting one. I do feel that, like, there is this kind of, like, fetish around youth. Yeah. Which I'm not necessarily sure is that helpful in writing. I don't think so at all. I think also, I mean, maybe this is something, this is what a director once said this to me, because I was bummed out for a play not going on. And, and it was a play about the Church of England and older, and older, basically older people. Yeah. And the director said to me, it's not the play, because I kept going, I think this play is genuinely good. I don't understand yeah. what's happening. Or at least it's good enough that it should be happening somewhere. And they went, no one wants your play about that. Because you're the young female writer. They want the young, cool female thing. They don't want that. And I think that felt, I think particularly, I suppose, as a woman and the young thing, you get boxed into yeah. tell your story. Because we only care about that because you're as sad as that. Interesting. But, you know, Jack Thorne's a write what you want. Kind of. That is interesting. And do you think it is... It's a, a ship, like. well, it, <laughs> no, but I do think you're right. I think it's a poison chalice. And I think we live in a culture, definitely, where it's like reality drama that's what they want it's like why are you writing this project yeah well i think that's a decent question sometimes to ask you know when it's white men writing about like young black people but not when it's you not when it's me no i just yeah i think i would question like if i was doing small island or something i then why are you doing but i i think i do feel a little i mean i love writing about young women but everything i've ever done has been very central on He's a young, confused, sexually active girl. I go to one of your That trope, I'm just, it's like, it does get to the point where you're like, I think it becomes like a sort of Facebook algorithm. You yeah. start only reading the things that are relevant to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the idea that you might learn something becomes like a sort of an echo chamber of your yeah, own experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. But I think, you know, so... To come back to the Sorry, fact the that you, question you fucking asked me. I don't even remember what that is. It was completely <laughs> irrelevant, probably. And everyone, well, both of us are just looking at what the dog's doing. The dog's having that. <laughs> the dog's out. It's a I don't care. Oh, you look at me like that. Such yeah, everything's performance with that dog. It's a nightmare. No, but to talk about TV shows, like to have your show greenlit, is a big thing as a writer. I mean, weirdly, I didn't. Also, I was, I was super happy, but it happened at the same time as another show that was meant to be greenlit fell apart. Right. So I think I never quite believed it was happening. I still don't totally believe it's happening. Yeah. Even though it's filmed and definitely coming out. Yeah. Do you think that your work in rehearsal rooms as a playwright has helped you as a showrunner on the set? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think our actors felt a bit more comfortable with it. And I, I suppose because they were used to be got own theatre actors. So I suppose that but there was a lot more, oh, we get, and I think less kind of sense of, oh, she here to have directors, they're doing their job role. If you know what your role is in the theatre and you're not stepping, it should be a proper collaboration and you're not stepping on the director's toes by saying what you think. Yeah. And I think that at least gave me the sense of, like, no, I can be here and contribute and it's not me overruling. Yeah. And not me interfering in things I shouldn't do because I didn't understand them. Yeah. Stuff. I think I went, no, I'm going to treat this like I do theatre. I think that we take that for granted in country anyway. Because most of us... really have rights to be on set in England. But here's the thing, but we take for granted the fact that we did the school play, not the school film. And I think that there's a whole generation 
of like filmmakers out there who don't have the same theatre culture yeah. as we do in this country. So like the first time that they're on a set is like maybe like the first time that they're working with actors and like they wouldn't know how to give an actor notes, yeah. for example, or like... Reference just a bad director then. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's true. But were there skills that you felt that were outside? Because, right, you are a writer, you write. But then with that job description today comes a hell of a lot of skills. Mm. What are the skills that you feel that you're still working on under the writer remit? Like you said, talking about your work, podcast, mm. for example. Like, yeah, What are the yeah, other skills that you would say to a young writer who's great on the page, but they yeah. needed to do... Oh, pitching... Right, I suppose it, well, it's all part of the same thing, isn't it? For me, definitely, it's just talking about the work confidently, owning your place in the room, not worrying that you're interfering, making sure also that you're not interfering at the same time as that. Yeah, because you can you can say sign yourself out, worrying about that. Yeah, and then actually you can become a monster. But yeah. like I think also I've learned a lot to know what it is I'm trying to do with a project. Right, and I think once you have that, and you have to spend a lot of time kind of thinking on your own. When talking, sometimes it is about talking about it out loud. Yeah. Two people that you suddenly go like, that's what I want the fucking show to be, or that's what I want the play to be about. And once you find your, oh, I'm going to use the wackiest thing in the world, but like, guiding light on it. Yeah. Then going like, as long as I'm working towards that aim, I know I'm not interfering. With your, how do your guiding lights come to you? Do, are they visual? No, I think it has to be like inbuilt in what the project is. But yeah. I think so. I've, like, I've got, there's been a few plays that I've gone back to recently, partly because I remote Seagull. Yeah. Or at least did that work on it. Thinking like, oh, maybe I just look back at that stuff that I feel bummed that never worked. Yeah, yeah. And maybe yeah. I'll be able to see what it is. And a lot of them have just fallen about at me looking at going like, but what is that? What are you doing? What are you saying? Like, there's a, that's a story. Yeah, what are you saying? Yeah. The, yeah. Well, I think it is more what are you doing? Because it's not, I don't think you need to have a fully formed point that you're trying to make. Yeah, it's not, but maybe it's not a saying thing, but yeah. do you think it's a, what the feeling? that you want people to feel it matter what are you talking about you yeah know? it's like so with becoming elizabeth it's like this is about looking at the world and you it's about having a young woman who's manipulated by everyone and then how she kind of manages to overcome that it's about power and danger of the world like i kind of get what i'm doing with it yeah i can't always say it in a sentence yeah but i think it's probably quite reductive if you can say it in a sentence well i think like, you wouldn't need to have you wouldn't need to have a play yeah. with the visuals and yeah. like yeah, if you yeah, could yeah. just say it in a sentence you would yeah <laughs> well, with the, so with the acid test i remember thinking in i got halfway through the rehearsals so the acid test is your yeah, first yeah. play second play second play and how old were you when you wrote that 19 how do you have the confidence at 19 to write a play well, because I didn't know what I was doing. So you get yeah, like, force your confidence when you don't know what you're doing. And I didn't know, I didn't know what the Royal Court was. I didn't understand it was a big deal. It was kind of stuff that was happening. Well, you did know it was a big deal because your school knew, was next door to it. No, you no, knew. It was a, no, but you knew it was a theatre and you knew that there was something. I did. <laughs> you just thought it was a bar. Yeah. <laughs> you thought I'm going to send this play to the bar. No, no, and then I started doing it in the young writers' course. But yeah. it's like, I go around, it's like, you go but, around the back. But even to apply to do the young writers' course. No, that's, my mum put me on the half turn course. And then it was okay. Simon Vinegar said, I think she called the adult one. And it's like, oh, God, do I have? Yeah. Right, fine. Another thing I'm meant to do. It felt like just schoolwork. Right. Okay. Kind of, it was like, I didn't have any sense of what I was doing. And then I remember someone else talking about the play they had. And we were like, you have a play on. Oh, shit. Wait, that's we're weird. allowed to do this? Yeah, well, no, I was getting excited. I was like, that's weird. Why are you here? <laughs> we're on the thing. It's like, don't know why these adults are here. I'm here because we told I have to come in. 
Okay. And interesting. So I had no sense of it. But um, that's why that's my defence of where I had the confidence from to do. What was I saying? The acid test. Oh, yeah, I just remember getting halfway through the rehearsals for acid test and going, oh, it's this. That's the thing you're trying to say. And I remember getting... You didn't even know it. Well, no, I knew what I'd been trying to write about, but there was a scene that they was being, if I'm honest, being directed a certain way. And I kept thinking, this isn't right, this isn't right. And I couldn't work it out yeah. what it was. And I really struggled in the room. And I remember it's one of the things that knocked my confidence well because it felt like interfering. Yeah. And it felt like, oh, I just don't like it like that. And I was like, well, maybe you don't like that. But it, because it, take, it took me, actually, it took the play to be on for me to go, like, I know what I don't like what they're doing because it's against the thing that you're trying to do with the play. Okay. Because for me, that play was about, it was meant to actually, Evie Crow said this when we did, because I did a read through of it at, at one of the writers' groups before it went on, and she went, oh, it's the tiger that came to tea. And it's like, a man comes in, uses fucking everything up, and then walks out, and all these women are a little bit broken, going, I'm just yeah. kind of thing. And it should feel like that. And it got, there was this moment when I felt like the play was just slightly being slanted to a man going like, aren't these women bizarre? And it was like, we meant to be in his shoes rather than in the women's shoes of like, what's this man doing here? But I hadn't realised quite that that was... That's why I was reacting to not liking when I watched it in rehearsals. Sure. And worked out why it was that I was trying to do, so I couldn't articulate and I didn't know how to be a useful collaborator in the room. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying I now think my biggest lesson, if I go back and do everything again, it'd be like just work out what the front of do each time. Because then you can work out why you don't like something and you can explain yourself better. But I think, I mean, I, I totally get where you're coming from. Work out what you're trying to do. But the problem is... Doing that in isolation, which writers do, is really impossible sometimes. You have to be around other people who know how to ask the right question. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, There's nothing worse than when you get in something and someone says to you, so what do you think it's about? You'd be like, go, how dare you ask me that? It's none of your business. (laughs) It's none of my business either, and I wrote it. (laughs) Well, I have no idea what I just yeah, did. I, but that's why I'm like, I feel like I, I just need to have some kind of interest. I'm writing about that puddle of thing. Yeah. If that makes sense. And it, it's interesting. So Elizabeth is about a young woman coming into... Um, I think Elizabeth the first, isn't it? Well, I do know... <laughs> so there's a young girl called Lizzie. I am. Oh, <laughs> listen, that's the pitch. That was my oh, pitch. Hey, guys, just a chick called Lizzie. But... How has being a mum affected your writing? Um, Time-wise, do you have to condense the cooking process, the thinking process? He's going like, I don't cook. What are you talking about? <laughs> I gave up cooking for Leo long ago. <laughs> no, I think, I mean, it feels like it affects me because I know I have more windows of time to work in. Yeah. And I find that quite stressful because it, I go like oh, it's not coming I, I can't do it because I've got a call so I've done no work today whereas before it just felt like you had this sloppy day where any time if you get into it I used to work really late at night as well yeah just do sometimes but it just becomes a bit more um fitting your work in around stuff well no it's, it's fitting him in I don't really know I don't really know how it's affected me because I think also I've just been because I had him when I was 25 and you're kind of changing the way you, you do your process anyway um, so how did you change? That's interesting. How did you change your process from, say, your early 20s? I mean, to yeah. What did it look well, like? What did a writing day look like? Yeah, right at the start, it was kind of like I, I would have a bottle of wine and kind of do it with the telly on from like 7 o'clock to about 2 in the morning 
And then it was used because my boyfriend was working in restaurants. That's kind of the time he'd get in. And so kind of life just kind of fit around that. Yeah. And it never felt very, but also, like I say, at the start, I didn't really get what I was doing. It didn't feel very stressful. It felt like this is amazing. I'm going to do this in my spare time. And then it yeah. becomes more, it means hard, isn't it? Because you turn something you love into your job and then you stop loving it. Yeah. But I do still, I mean, I reminded myself yesterday, I'm quite, I'm in a place right now where I'm really, I'm struggling to work, but that's just because I have builders and I have quite a lot of deadlines and I'm kind of psyching myself out a little bit. Yeah. But I found myself working yesterday and going like, I do love this. Why am I? It's like, oh my God, it's like anything that's good for me. Yeah, I'm it feels saying. like going to the gym or having a shower. No, totally. Like everything. Like the water's on you, you're going like, I love and you're like, why do I make this such a drama? Yeah. Why are you such a drama queen? Yeah. Everything, Daisy. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel. I, I had to go. This is easy. What's wrong with you? I was. Li- I had. Okay. So this morning, I had to buy toilet paper. Yeah. And I'd like thanked myself, <laughs> and it was like you're just leaving the house. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, no, yeah. but I'll have another cigarette before I leave yeah, the house. Yeah, yeah. We worry about me when it comes to that stuff. Clark, your math, like, yeah, but that's why I think also I felt I feel better about myself recently in going like everyone's allowed to have their own process because I used to listen to other writers and they'd be like, it's just you know, you're sitting there and it's just you and the typewriter and you're grappling with it. And I went, oh, I find that easy, it's sitting in the fucking thing. That's what I can't getting there, the journey, yeah. There. And then, oh, then the second I get a skill bit distracted, I go like, all the worst things you sit down, you read everything you've done, you're like, wow, oh, so good, and then leave. But you're like, you have a anything I've done anything like, that was one of my favorite things about you I'm one of those people that literally like reads their work and then I like the imaginary chaise long comes out yeah and I throw myself onto it and I go this is terrible but you oh. are amazing you go no. the other way you're like because you were like I'm this is incredible. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, well, no, the worst thing is I kind of... I Both are bullshit. Yeah, no, but the second I give it in, yeah. then, I, then you read it. The second I send a script, literally going like, um, there is genius, gone. And then I'll just look it back over it. I'm like, oh my God, what have I said? Why have I done that? Like, <laughs> it's, it's the worst thing that's ever been written. I, it does come. It's just, I think you have to... That bravado. You have to be. That. That's why I don't understand when everyone's like, as a writer, so de- self-deprecating and you're always worried. I'm like, but you still sent in something to someone and said, I think that's good enough to go on the telly. Please, <laughs> can I have 30 grand kind of thing? Yeah. Like, that's a really arrogant thing to do. You have to trick yourself at some point. It's amazing. The fulcrum point. Yeah. Like, to, from being literally, like, puffed up. Yeah. Like, some little kind of, like, yeah. little tiny despot with, like, yeah. armies behind you <laughs> going over the hill to, like, the moment that you're, like, this... Fringing yeah. world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I've at least learned a little bit more because I think I really believed it each time, and now I know it's almost like a, it's like learning. It's a chemical reaction. Okay. So now I've learned to not. I mean, I still you still have to fool yourself into thinking it's great, but I think I know this feeling will pass, and then also know that when I'm sitting there, because always I have a moment. It's usually like the last, the first, the second run through of a like the dress rehearsal type thing. Yeah. I will sit there going like, this is just so imbalanced. Like, and I've had that every time. Right. So you, I know I have to go in my head. Yes, of course you think it's terrible because that's what you think at this time. Right, and like, right, right. yes, you're worried that this doesn't make sense, but that's what happens at this time. And also, so I'm quite, I've got a really good producer on Becoming Elizabeth and he's, he often reads the scripts and will have to go, what did you, what were you trying to do there? 
And I'll yeah. go like, oh, this, this isn't good. Great. Not on the page, but what you want to do is great. Got but it. I think because I'm quite bad sometimes at knowing what bits of information needs to be there. Yeah. Like what, like even silly things of it's being like, well, of course he's being sarcastic. It's like, well, no one else knows he's being sarcastic. You would be right that if you don't say it. Interesting. But I think you can then read everything and think it's shit. I deliberately. There's something there that I want to pick out because I, there's Sorry, that slightly, um, yeah. take notes because I've just grabbed hold of something. There's something about screenwriting that I find extremely embarrassing. I find it like going on a date and doing your makeup, shaving your legs and waxing your bikini line mm. in front of the person you're trying to seduce. And because of all of the stage directions. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, no, I don't make me write that. Yes, yeah, I feel that a little. I, I feel that in, like, um, yeah, I think in a bigger... That's partly what I mean about it's nice when it's playing. You can just throw it in. Yeah, and, and there's something kind of sexy about it. And yeah. you're like, oh, I'm... And in the rehearsal room, you can kind of do, like, oh, I think, actually, they, they might be crying there. And I think at that point, they might be lying. And everyone goes, like, oh... Genius. Yeah. Okay. That really would work. Whereas when you have to say with tears in his eyes, oh, you're like, oh. Exactly. And also, I suppose I know enough actors that, that go like, look at this, and then like, tears in my eyes. Why would I have tears in my eyes? But like, you just have to turn that off. Yeah. And I suppose that's what I mean about tricking yourself into the into the place. But I definitely that's what I meant. I think I said it earlier. The thing about how to learn you say that stuff. You have to just say it out loud. Like, do you think it's an English thing or a playwright? Maybe. Thing? I think. Well, I think it's. Off. It might be a playwright thing because I know how cringy I'd find it if I read a play script which that has too much, like, yeah. trying to sell it. So, so on. But now, if someone told me, think of your TV scripts, it's like you're just trying to sell it. You're just trying to sell the picture into people's heads that maybe aren't that aren't necessarily... Um, I don't mean creative because that's such a funky thing to say. Oh, I'm creative. But like the, it's got to like, be a bit slutty. It was like, it's yeah, got to be a little bit. It's funny because it's like, think of the finance and think of this. Yeah. He's never read a script before. It's like, just sell the thing to someone who goes like, this looks cool. Yeah. The slut factor is yeah. definitely something. Because I, I think also, like, again, it's like the sort of female tropes that, that have been sort of drilled in me mm. since, you know, coming from a highly dysfunctional British family. Mm. And like, you know, like the girl who's too, who's too keen gets, like nobody fancies the girl who's keen. Like, so you've got to play, you, 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 with a script, like if it's too slutty, if I'm too glitter, if it's too much. Yeah, I mean, I suppose I think I would, it's not, um, she can't, I suppose it's, it's like the difference between saying, um, I'm trying to think of the right topic, the difference between it saying like, um, he laughs at her because that was a funny joke with a newfound respect. Yeah. Because then that feels like a writer going like, that was a funny joke and we yeah. had to love her. If, and then saying, he thinks that was funny. He'd like, no, yeah, he's kind of get myself out of it enough of going, like, rather than feeling like it's me as a writer going like, She's the most amazing woman in the world. Like, yeah. He thinks she's the most amazing in the world. That's actually what matters. There's a change of perspective. Yeah. So, that it, so it's, it's not, not me your voice. going like, yeah. hey, this is... Also, because I think then that's when you lean into telling the audience what to feel, which I think that's the thing that you kind of all cat. Yeah. Or the thing I don't like. Well, even nobody even likes right being told the, what to think. Yeah, even right now in the edit, sometimes there's moments where it's kind of like, I'm like, stop trying to make us cry. Like... Stop trying, stop, I mean, stop trying to frame that you something. They go like, oh, I'll hate her if that happens. I'm like, well, maybe you hate her. Maybe that's what happens. But you have to have a slight, I mean, that's, oh, sorry, this is slightly two different points at the same time. 
But I think we should stop telling people, the audience, what to think in a script, but you can give enough information so that they can then respond, see, respond to it and hopefully they're going to feel the way you want them to feel. That's interesting. That is interesting. But then also I, the other thing I was, try, I was trying to say was just in, there is more in TV and films, but there is much more... Um, and there's points where you have to resist it and points where actually it's fair. You have to try and have more control of the audience. Yeah. There's a lot less tossing on stage and like, hate them or love them. That's the person kind of, you have to... There no, you have to nail down the perspective. Like, we like that person kind of thing. That's interesting. And have you found that difficult? Yeah. I mean, there was definitely been moments where, um, I mean, it's not just with women, but I suppose... I, well, I was going to say, like, so I was going to, like, they didn't want to drop into like that thing of them going, like, they're trying to make all the women like likable, but like there is a little bit of that sometimes. But also, it's the, um, sorry, I've slightly responded. Well, we were just talking about whether you find it difficult making a decision for yourself and for the audience. hard deciding what the audience should feel. Yeah. Because you have to. Yeah, you do. Well, yeah, I mean, I suppose it's living it a little bit. I think that's what I mean. I think you can resist it a tiny bit. Yeah. Because I think there's a heavy handedness of going, like, also, if you keep on, if you feel like a show keeps on telling you, love them, love them, you end up going, I fucking hate that person. Yeah. Well, you do if you're me. And yeah. Like, no, I think loads of people do. Like, you know, you always see it, isn't it? The, the character, the characters that are meant to be likable that everyone ends up hating. Well, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Like, I also recognize that, like, so for example, there was a character that I played on TV. That I genuinely thought was great. Yeah. And I really believe I, I, there was like a real gap in communication. Yeah. Because I thought genuinely that this, she was amazing. Yeah. And then everyone hated her. When you see you were playing a woman, tell me. I remember that. <laughs> a clever woman. Oh, Christ. No wonder. Come on. <laughs> How often did you cry? Did you not cry at all? No. Oh, well, <laughs> Jesus. But this is that's how you make the women be liked. This is the mad thing. I think definitely if you come from theatre, we're in a bubble, man. Like, our audience are going to the theatre. Yeah, no, but also, like, it's very true in theatre as well. Like, people don't like women. <laughs> people really don't like women. And one of the... Ex- well, it's something I did when I first wrote... I actually did it. I think I did it really. I did it for the spur of the moment from my first play. Yeah. I remember right, there's a big, uh, the mum and dad, a big argument. And I suddenly went, you all the funny ones, the gad. And then I just switched the names over and I went, that still works. And I kind of, it's an exercise I sometimes teach and I still do. It's like, I do it almost as a thing to check on myself. Is I'm switch the men and women around to go like, what are you doing? Have you unconsciously? Yeah, have I unconsciously just kind of done these like things yeah. to to make her like or make her feminine or make her a th- or even as the man make him too aggressive or like there's both ways that it can go that's interesting and in terms of like the, I think what you've said about communication and about it being basically a problem of communication like that's what sort of writing and most of my life is that mm. I'll be thinking something yeah and trying to get that across it's making the interior exterior yeah, yeah, yeah. How do I pass my feelings and thoughts yeah. in signs, noises, symbols to you? Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, that's one. Good strict editors, good development people. Yeah. Good, like, good even just literary departments in theatres. I think that is the most useful bit, question or thing that I've ever found in those processes is them going, like, what is it you're trying to do? Yeah. And I go, this, 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 and they go, look, cool. Well, you're not doing it there, there and there. And like, or okay. you just sometimes... Particularly, this producer, you've got to talk me through that scene. 
because I don't know quite what's going on. I'm like, well, he's being, he's angry here. Then he's sarcastically pretending that he doesn't know. And that's why she says, and then he goes, got it. That's where you need the stage. Tell me that bit, change that bit. And you kind of like, just step me through it sometimes. It's not in every scene. No. But I think there's sometimes just, I once felt like it was a, I thought it was an indulgence thing, but now I realise it's just something I personally need. I make him go through the script and say, tell me what you like, tell me what you don't like. Interesting. And then I like literally do a page turn. That's really... Because I think sometimes you sit there and you get given these big notes, you're like, do you like, do you like the scene? Like, do you like that? They're like, I'm always trying to work out what they notes. mean. And actually I've learned to ask what they mean. Next so, question, notes. What are your favourite ways of receiving notes? Literally, how? Like line by line, top lines. Mm. What's if you? Yeah, like we're like lines and go through it. I do like doing them in person. Right. I like. I think I like being warned. Yeah. Like getting a headline or kind of like we love it, we hate it kind of thing. Or this thing I'm going to talk about. I quite like an email. Yeah. To know that, and then I like going in, and I like I've learnt to ask the to kind of turn off the bit of my brain which is worried about how I'm coming across. Yeah. Or worried about looking arrogant or worried about looking difficult or something. Yeah. And turn that off and go, like, just ask the shit I need to ask yeah. so I understand what's going on. And don't try and second-guess what's going on. And I think sometimes I've got a headline note, always being talked around, and then I, like, I think I just said this, but it's kind of, I, I'm trying to, in my head, there'll be one bit of the script I'm really proud of. And basically, I don't care about what they say about anything else, but it's just like, did you like scene eight? Yeah. But you don't ask, do you like scene eight? You kind of talk around it. And then they haven't mentioned scene eight, so maybe that means it's good or something. Yeah. And now I've just learned to say, does this work? Do I keep this? Yeah. And like, it, it also depends on how good the other person is giving notes, because I think that is a skill. Definitely. Well. And I think a good person can either say, yes, we love it, maybe that would work in this new context, or actually, no, that's the problem we're actually talking about here. Yeah. But I think sometimes I go in feeling so protective of some aspect of it, and it felt like, you know, going in with a glass thing that you're just kind of going, like, just don't touch that, don't touch that. And now it's like, you've got to put it on the table and go, like, do we like this? Or are you smashing this? Let's do it now, or not do it at all. It's so brave, isn't it? It's so crazy. It just it like feels like when it gets when you feel like sometimes I've been in crisis, which just feels like little things are stripped off you until you just don't you just hate what this become. And now it's kind of like just confronting things up front. Yeah, feels like at least I can feel in control of it. Yeah, that's so you can then decide. If someone says no, I don't like. You can decide if they're right or wrong, but also you, that's a valid. They have a valid opinion rather than sometimes it, I think these are the worst note givers are the people that try to nudge you towards it so that you end up something different. They don't tell you they want something different. They've just kind of done a little... They, they little think they're being bits. extremely clever. Yeah, we feel like and you manipulated yeah. something new. And yeah. you're like, just tell me, write something new. Like, <laughs> I'm, like, I think you've got, you've got to feel like uh, equals, I think, in those meetings. And sometimes you don't. And yeah. I think that comes with confidence. Well, I had a really interesting conversation this morning, like, with my agent. And I really genuinely think that I'm quite a... Um, I think of myself as quite being quite strong and quite brave, but actually, when it comes to a lot of this sort of stuff, yeah. I'm absolutely brick it, and yeah. I don't let anyone in. Yeah. I try and do the notes myself. I try and do the directing myself. Yeah. I try and do the whole shebang yeah. myself, just because I'm so frightened. Um, perceived criticism. Yeah, and it's never criticism because these people have said we like this. Yeah. Stuff. yeah. You know, and then you have to 
sort of like be like, okay, no, maybe there's an outside chance that I haven't explained this yeah, yeah. properly. It's that. I think I think so much of it comes down to communication and just knowing how to communicate right with people. Yeah. And being... But the whole reason why we came right in the first place is because we lived in a world where there was no direct communication yeah, yeah, and yeah. everything was confusing and frightening anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, no, I thought... You know, I think I definitely didn't feel like this before. Yeah. I think also maybe I've, I think I've grown hugely from being, from doing a bit of show running. Yeah. And just feeling the confidence of that. Yeah. But you have to step up. You can't be a child anymore. Yeah. On, because you know that there are other, you know, there's, you're a small cog in a much bigger yeah. wheel. Yeah. Well, I think also it's because I really insisted on being there because it's not, it's not a very British thing. And then there was, there was moments when I was why have you moved your life down here and fought so many battles to get here if you then go to say what you think? Yeah. It's just like, it's nuts here as well, isn't it? I suppose also because you can hype yourself up to a place where then you... Where you're so nervous that it comes out like a shout. Yeah. You're like, I love you! <laughs> oh no, that didn't come out right at all. <laughs> yeah. I think it's finding the right people to work with, isn't it, as well? Because I suppose, again, a director once told me that no good director feels like or confident director feels um, scared of the writer being in the room always protective of going like well we need our space we need our time to do it <laughs> but some directors are like that sometimes they'll get yeah. to me don't talk to the actors come with me and you're like oh it's your best your shit yeah. but I think I really learned, I when you start off with stuff like that actually Jerry was like that but like people I always thought it was me and I thought oh I'm the wrong I've done it wrong I fucked up in the room because they're now chucking me out of it I'm not yeah. like part of it and I'm I'm trying to join in with the cool kids that are doing the real play and I just get left out on the outside kind yeah. of theatre and I felt like everyone's going, why are you here? Yeah. And I felt I think it just I had a lot of childhood. Well, I suppose I did it so young that it's hard not to May see. I still personalise everything. Yeah. I felt like I looked like the loser that's come into work even though they don't have any work to do. <laughs> Sitting there with my sandwiches as everyone else has the real food. Going, don't mind me, I just want to be part of it. <laughs> And now I'm like, oh, that was their insecurities of going like, oh, I don't want to be, I don't want to have to deal with that. I yeah. It's to be my thing. It's amazing how, how like, even like when we're talking now, like when you said that, the physicality. This is why I don't like the podcast. Because <laughs> I'm like, people don't know that my hands are everywhere. No, but the physicality of it, it's my thing because yeah. that's how it feels. Yeah. It feels so close. Yeah. You know, and you're like, I didn't have anything. And this was my thing. Yeah, well, it does feel weird, that thing where it's your thing and then they take it away from you. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's why I have really enjoyed That's why I maybe do enjoy it. I enjoy the process of TV, or I have enjoyed it yeah. as a showrunner. Yeah. Way more. Because I get to be there and yeah. make and see the decisions and know what's going to happen. And, like, I also would like to direct some of those. That's another bit of it. I can't wait. I mean... You, but I, I also feel like you're someone who, unlike lots of other writers, spends a hell of a lot of time with actors and directors. Like you're, yeah. you stew in that world. You don't just <laughs> yes, sit in a garret. Terrible, lovely. Like, no, you're no. not a terrible. Yes, you know I hate them, so it's fine. You're the one standing in the trench coat by the stage door. Oh, yes, <laughs> trench coat. I don't know where that came from. That's, that's my own personal sexual. The latex trench coat. Yeah. I'm now getting really specific. Oh, no, 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 no. Rubbing. I, I, I love the actor. I do Inspector Gadget. That shows the difference between them. 
<laughs> then my head went straight to inspect <laughs> and I went straight to latex. <laughs> but but I think that that makes a difference. Yeah, I think that. No, yeah. I enjoy it. I enjoy this. I enjoy the process of doing it. Yeah, like I get really excited about showing it to people. I'm so excited for my show to come. I'm so excited. I mean, it's terrifying, but it's like. Was that, I'm going to say terrifying, stupid, but it, like, it is going like, the thing I made that I think is really good. And then you put it out, and I know I'm very close to, actually, I had my last, I looked over an episode yesterday and I started to feel creeping. God, it's not terrible, it's terrible, it's terrible. And I went, oh, of course that's coming. Of course that's going to happen. But like, it's just starting now. Yeah. But you just caught me on the tail end of me going, it's such a good show. It's such a good show. It's going. Such a good show. Always <laughs> as I said it, by the way, I just thought of all the moments I don't like in it, and it suddenly like flashed past me. Like, the green emoji face has emerged. Yeah. Has. Mm. yeah. Oh, that <laughs> creeping sickness. Well, I am just very grateful that you've just spent. Annie, you've just done forty-five minutes. It's terrible. Of, no, it's good. Of talk. No, it, the Why? whole thing. Because lots of people actually have been saying to me that the half an hour versions were way too short and they wanted more. Not and you were Dominic Cook, probably. <laughs> Incorrect. All right. So thank you very thank much, Annie Reese, for coming on to scripted. Hey again. <laughs> the usual beg. Steal, borrow of likes, love, support, money, you name it. Please do it. Spread the word about Scripted. Thank you.